Did you know about one in nine people over age 65 have Alzheimer's disease? The AHEAD study is looking for people ages 55 to 80 to join the National Institutes of Health-funded AHEAD study. The AHEAD study aims to prevent Alzheimer's disease before symptoms appear. Discovering a treatment that targets brain changes early means doctors may one day prevent memory loss. Help us get ahead of Alzheimer's. Visit aheadstudy.org. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Dave Bryan and myself here for the next hour answering as many of your Steelers questions as possible. As always with me is Dave Bryan and we got some Mason Rudolph news to talk about, which I didn't think was going to be on our agenda today, but here we are. Dave, how you doing? Happy Mason Monday, Alex. Uh, who had uh, James Washington and Mason Rudolph news uh, on their bingo card for the same day? Uh, Washington evidently agreeing to terms uh, with the New Orleans Saints. So uh, fu- kind of funny how this yeah this this news cycle is just so unpredictable. But uh, made for an interesting afternoon uh, overall with that you know kind kind of news uh, breaking. I, I I'm I'm gathering that he's going to come in for a physical, and if all goes well, then uh, probably a one year deal. I you know I I kind of put it out of my mind that uh, you know, I didn't think he was coming back. But uh, and 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 where I'm going with that is, you know, this very well could end up being one of those uh, four year, uh, what they call a four year player, uh, one year veteran benefit uh, contracts, uh, similar to the one Zach Gentry signed uh, mm-hmm. early in the off season. They could, I, if my math is right, they could technically give, you know, Mason could earn like 2.1 right around in there million uh, in 2023 if they did the max on this thing. And his his salary cap charge would just be a little bit over one point two million dollars because of that. Now, we don't know that's the way they're going. That would obviously be the max that he could earn to take care of that benefit. But uh, uh, it's something I didn't really think about until about 30 minutes after (laughs) kind of that that news broke there. But uh, I guess we'll well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. It's going to I think it's going to be a busy transaction day for the Steelers on Tuesday. Yeah, it may very well be, and it's not official on Rudolph, but certainly seems trending in that direction, and I'll admit that I was wrong. I did not really see a scenario in which Rudolph would return. I just figured he'd want to go somewhere else. I guess that really just speaks to the total lack of interest the rest of the NFL had in Mason Rudolph, because I have to think if he had a chance to go sign somewhere, even on just that you know cheap one-year type deal, that he would have taken it. So I think it's the either the market speaking really loudly or the market speaking really quietly about their thoughts on Mason Rudolph. Well, well, look at it this way too, because, uh, one of the, you know, and, and once again, we'll have to find out, uh, you know, what the specifics of the deal is and all, but let, let's say this is one of those, uh, f- uh, four year player veteran benefit deals. Uh, only the Steelers can offer him that right. because that what that was his prior team. Uh, and that benefit, you know, doesn't count against the Steelers. That comes from, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the NFLPA and all, or, and the league and all like that. But another team could not have offered him that. So let's say his best offer to this point was uh, a, a veteran benefit contract with another team, a regular benefit contract and, and a max signing bonus of 152500 Well, by him, you know, assuming, let's say this is a, you know, one year up to 2.1 million or whatnot. I mean, it's obviously gives him the, it was the opportunity to make the most money more than likely, you know? Sure. Uh, And, you know, then, you know, we, we can also discuss the other side on the Steelers side that, I mean, you get back the devil that, you know, and, you know, you got, uh, you got the same quarterback room that you, you had last year, assuming that stays the same the rest of the off season uh, here. So, I mean, you could do worse than having Mason Rudolph as your number three quarterback in the room, especially if, you know, at, at, at an extremely cheap cap cap charge. Oh, sure. My contention, you know, I've always said, even in the same thought, uh, when I would talk about Rudolph, I didn't think wanted to come back was I'm sure Pittsburgh would love to have him back as that known, clear experience. Number three, that's what they valued so highly last year, why they did not want to trade Rudolph when there reportedly were some offers out there, to do that. So it's great for Pittsburgh. It's great depth for that room. You're not going to find a better number three quarterback for Pittsburgh 
than Mason Rudolph. And, you know, prior to this report, you had Tanner Morgan and not really sure what else. And so I'm a lot more comfortable about that depth right now than I was a day ago. But let's get into the chat here and appreciate. Look, real quick, I'll mm-hmm. hold your hand on this because I, I didn't yeah. think he was. I, you know, I didn't think he was coming coming back either. <laughs> I, I thought I thought he'd leave tire marks out in the, <laughs> out in the parking lot uh, out there. And look, you go back to what Omar Khan said back at the uh, February 28th at the combine. Right. You know, he's asked. uh uh, if he thinks the prefer- proverbial ship has sailed when it comes to Rudolph possibly returning. And at the time, you kind of took it as lip service and all like that. He said, no, not at all. We had a great relationship, good conversation with Mason uh, and the options. Uh, the door's still open. Well, I, I guess that door indeed uh, remained open there. He did not lie. He didn't. And that's why you don't burn bridges, why you leave those doors open, because you never know what things might look like a couple months from now. But yeah, busy day with some reported signings and visits. Quan Alexander apparently in Pittsburgh tonight. So that could be a big signing or at least a big name signing that occurs tonight, tomorrow. Who knows when that could drop if it happens. But we'll get to the chat here. And as Randy just mentioned, and thank you for being here, Randy, and passing that message along. If you guys could hit that like button. And subscribe to the channel. I'd appreciate that. For those wondering, I've begun my study every snap of Kenny Pickett review. I started that a couple days ago. It'll still take time to go through the entirety of his season, but that video is finally making some progress. We'll start, though, with John Pennington, who says, Hello, Dave and Alex. Any updates on the signing of tryout players and why sign Rudolph back to this team? For the first question, only one known right now, and it may just be one in Alfonso Graham, the rookie running back from Morgan State. Uh, He's caught a contract, and so that's the only name that we know right now. And then for Rudolph, again, just talking about that number three value, the the experience he'll bring, uh, the the comfort of depth there. John also asked, does signing Rudolph mean that Mitch will be gone? No, Mitch Trubisky will be the number two quarterback this year. Someone did mention on on a comment, though, and I know we're looking pretty far out, Dave, but in 2024, I guess we should be really careful to assume, but let's assume for a second Trubisky's gone, does Rudolph re-up after this year and become that number two quarterback for 2024? Well, A, we don't know what the contract is sure. yet. Let's so. assume, let's assume, we can probably safely assume one-year deal on, on Rudolph, right? I mean, I, w- I, w- I would think, but I, I safely assume Mason, <laughs> Fair. Mason Rudolph wouldn't be back, right? So uh, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to say I safely assume that you know, I, I laid it out what, what, you know, the max of a one year veteran uh, four year player contract uh, look like, but you know, here's the thing though, you know, you go back, uh, when is this team really kind of ever now, at least they do have Kenny pick, pick it, you know, the difference between a couple of years ago when Rudolph signed, signed that contract uh, that, 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 that two year deal or that, that extension, uh, was the fact that they didn't have any quarterbacks under contract for that previous year at the time, right? Right. And so now, uh, I mean, even before Rudolph signing, regardless of, of of what the deal is, I mean, you know you obviously have uh, Kenny Pickett under contract there. So that would be another reason to think that this is only a, a one-year deal. Okay, so, uh, I mean, that's too far out there to kind of wonder about what happens next season. You know, what what will they do? With Mason, because remember, you know, uh, I mean, not Mason, but Mitch, because mm-hmm. remember back at the combine as well, too, you know, he was asked about Omar Khan was asked about Mitch Trubisky and, you know, you, you kind of had to take it that they want him at least, you know, if, if you take Omar at his word, you know, it, it sounded like they're hoping to that he's going to stay in Pittsburgh past this year. Now, does that mean an extension later on in the summer? I mean, we've talked about that a few times on the podcast and all. It would have to be something that would be in 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 Mitch's best interest as far as cash flow goes. And then as we also said on the podcast as well, too, if I'm if I'm Mitch, I'm not doing I'm not doing an extension unless you lower those uh those thresholds of uh the incentives that I can earn in two thousand and twenty three, you know. Uh I in fact I'd want them incentives wiped really, you know, down to Something that I know I, you know, if, if, if Kenny was to miss two or three games, I'd know that I would hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I, I just think overall, it's just way too far out there to kind of uh, speculate about what, 
what might happen with either Mitch or Mason past this year until maybe we get to week one of the season to see if if they do anything with Mitch. Sure, that's fair. And obviously a year is, is an eternity uh, in the NFL, but it, it, it's an interesting thought that I can kind of go with, but obviously that's still all a ways down the road. Mike Adesso endorsing the Rudolph signing says uh, Mason is the best number three quarterback in the league. Uh, let's see, 007 says, breaking news, the reindeer remains. Mutated Genome says, hello, Alex and Dave. If you were placing a bet today, who do you think will be the starting inside backers to begin the season? A good question, given the news you guys see on screen of Quan Alexander going to be in Pittsburgh probably right about now. We'll see on Alexander. I mean, you know, usually when guys come to visit, they tend to sign. Not always, but that'd be an indication there. So I, it's Cole Holcomb and... To be determined. Yeah, and here's the thing about Quan uh, uh, is he's coming off of a one-year veteran benefit deal with the Jets, and didn't he? Did he miss some games last year? I looked no, at his tape. I, I, I think didn't he look played. At his... He didn't start every game, but I think he played in 16 or 17, so he was pretty right. healthy, to my knowledge. So I mean, I, I guess where I'm going with this is I can't imagine it being a very expensive. Uh, you know, it, it would probably be a another one-year vet, veteran benefit contract with 152,500 dollar uh, signing bus. They're not going to 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 go overboard, obviously, with a contract with him. Uh, so then, I mean, could you? He would probably he he would probably help you in some sub pack you know in some situations where you, you need some coverage out of a linebacker you know sure. and look he's uh, there's one thing that shows up on his tape and it matches kind of the mo of what we've seen this on he's a physical son of a gun you know uh, he can hit uh, and you know you get that aspect to the game and I think he's pretty pretty decent in a little bit of tape that I watched uh, with him as far as uh, uh, pass coverage and all goes. So, I mean, it would be wide open, though. I guess it would be more situationally because obviously Cole Holcomb, you would think, is going to be your every down guy out there. Mm -hmm. And then it just becomes, you know, uh, are you in more run situations where you have a a, 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 a downhill guy? And, and look, I mean, I think Quan can play downhill as well, too. I think, though, a Landon is more of that, point a point b blow everything up uh, uh kind of guy whereas Quan's more the kind of the finesse down to hill guy does that make sense yeah I, I we have some questions here on alexander i've not uh, jumped in this tape because i'll wait for the the signing to become official i mean obviously he's got pedigree which tomlin pittsburgh loves he's got pro bowls on his resume thought he was still productive last year with the jets and i think more of a sub package ish type of role it is kind of messy. Obviously, they've retooled this entire inside linebacker room. And yeah, Alexander can hit, but you have Mark Robinson, Landon Roberts. Those guys are your downhill physical rundown type guys. Maybe they want, as you said, that sub package guy because Pittsburgh demands so much from that off ball linebacker position. Maybe they're trying to find a bit more specialization in terms of instead of having one guy try to do everything. I mean, Holcomb, I think, will be the three down guy. But maybe there are some different sub packages where. You know, Alexander can have a role and Robinson can have a role in different situations. I'm not quite sure. So, you know, I have not jumped in, into his tape yet, but he's a guy that I think can still, you know, still play, still cover, still move. And I don't think Roberts is your coverage answer. Robinson is not, is not your, excuse me, oh, just a frog in my throat there. I don't think Robinson is your coverage answer. I don't really think Holcomb's that great of an answer either. So, you know, we'll have to see if Alexander can, can offer something there. Here's something else about... Uh... Uh, Quan Alexander, uh, he's he hasn't played much on special teams really since 2018, and even that year he played 33 special team snaps. Uh, and in 2017 he played 55. Obviously, he was more of a, a, a starter in there, and you know you're not going to ask those guys to do that as much. So uh, at least dating back uh, uh, 1920 and 21 and 22, he's logged. Uh, looks like nine and 13, 22 special team snaps for him. Yeah. So if he's, if he gets signed, I assume that's with the intent of playing defensive snaps. You have Tanner Muse and Robinson and Roberts could probably play special teams still, even though, even though he's a bit older. So we'll see. I know that Mike's talking about, you know, Spillane dimebacker role, but you only have one inside linebacker on the field and dime and you just paid Holcomb a fair amount of money. So you're not quite sure how that's going to look. But we'll see. He's got to get signed first, and, and we'll kind of 
take it step by step, but definitely a big turnover in that off-ball linebacker room. Uh, let's see, Caleb Skagg says, is Quan Alexander and Hakeem Butler the last two roster spots to fill, you think? We'll see. I don't know what to make of Butler. I thought there'd be something reported today, but signing was going to occur. Uh, that's when sign-out guys can, can officially sign, as we're hearing the reports on uh, Luke Barku. And that's not official, but the, the, the word is out there. I mean, Omar Khan days ago mentioned Hakeem Butler by name when describing that wide receiver room, but I, I really don't know what to think of, of that right now. Yeah, it, you know, maybe they're wanting to bring all these guys in at one time, go get them medicals or whatnot. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and they already obviously had Graham there, you know, for uh, uh, for 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 camp, and that one became official on the NFL wire today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, so he 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 was the only move there. I, I got a feeling we're going to be writing up some transactions on Tuesday, Alex, and and maybe Butler will be one of those, and. Maybe that cheaty, uh, that offensive lineman, cheaty, Okoki, Okiki, maybe he'll be one, uh, Mason, maybe he'll be one, and who knows, maybe maybe Quan Alexander uh, 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 will be one. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I have a feeling we'll be writing up a couple of them on Tuesday. They're at 86 right now with Graham. Let's assume Mason that puts you at 87 gives you three spots left. So... Alexander, Butler, even if both of those were to sign, and we do not know that right now, but if both of those signed, you still got one spot open. So well, I guess hey, that'd be Barku. Well, that'd be Barku, I guess, huh? I uh, guess that extra did one. Did you count? Did I wasn't you, counting you, him. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it would be him then. Okay, so yeah, it'd be Barku, Alexander, Butler, potentially Barku. And look, seems, you can always release somebody, you know, right, that's, that's sure. been a futures guy as well, too. You know? That happens quite often this time of year, or, or an Akella Witherspoon cut maybe hypothetically, would occur. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Luis Cervantes uh, says, who will have more ball touches in 2023, Darnell Washington or Calvin Austin? That's a good question. Who has more, uh, I guess, touches, Dave, Washington or Austin? Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be that's gonna be a great uh, closer we get to the to, to week one to try to try to guess on. Uh, whew, that, that's a tough one in my head, uh, sitting here. I mean, I kind of view both those guys as ceiling guys at maybe around 30, uh, catches. Now, if you want to talk about total touches, I mean, could you do some stuff with, uh, Austin on, mm-hmm. you know, some end around stuff and the jet sweep. You know, yeah. The jet sweep kind of stuff. Uh, Oh man, that's tough. I guess my gut right now would tell me to go with Austin by hair. My first thought was Washington, but because it's total touches, I'll say Austin because you got return game, you have you know receiver run game, and actual receptions, whereas Washington is only receptions. So I'm going to go Austin based off the totality. In terms of who has more receptions, I think it gets really close. Mm-hmm. Austin has the benefit of being used in the RPO game and screen game, kind of more design type stuff. I think they'll design a couple of kind of throwback tight end screens for Washington, but probably with less frequency than what they could do with Austin. I think the numbers get really tight there in terms of receptions versus receptions in terms of touches. I'm going to say, though, Austin over Washington. Would you agree, though, it feels like the ceiling on both those guys is 30 receptions, the max? Yeah, that sounds about right for a pretty run-heavy, run-focused offense, barring injury, of course. Right, right. Uh, Notorious Nate says, and there's 100 people in the chat, so appreciate that. Be sure to like the stream to bring in more of Steelers Nation. But Nate says, Alex, is there not a rule that could be passed allowing teams to dress three quarterbacks on game days? That is the Brock Purdy rule that you're referring to that has not been officially passed by the NFL. It was looked at in the owners' meetings back in, I guess it was March. It was tabled until May when the the next round of owners' meetings will occur. That should be taking place I don't have the exact date, but obviously sometimes uh, the soon. spring spring league meetings, Ron. I'm looking at the NFL mm-hmm. calendar right now. Five twenty two to the twenty fourth. So they okay. start uh Monday. The 20, a week a week from today, right? Yeah, they so, start Monday. Um, right, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of uh those those tabled 
talks about the third quarterback rule. And what my understanding is, is it could, it could potentially be a practice squad squad guy, but you would have mm-hmm. to, you'd have to elevate him. And, and then obviously before when the inactives are, are announced, uh, you would have to designate him as the third quarterback uh, in that instance. And obviously if the, I, I would assume it'd be like, the third quarterback rule used to be before right. it was taken away that once the third quarter, if the third quarterback ever had to enter the game, then the other two could not go back. Right. That's, that's how it used to be. I don't know why they ever changed it. That was so logical. It made sense. It was perfect. The NFL messing with a perfectly fine thing. is just such a big business thing to do. So I think they should go back to that. I think they will go back to that, but we'll see. You should get her answer within the next 10 days or so. I think just what you said there and, 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 and kind of calling it the Brock, you know, I, I think they, they, they want at least some sense of competitive balance uh, in, in emergency situations here. Yeah. So, they don't want what happened last year in a right. title game where a quarterback goes down and it's just, you know, you can't, you can't even get back into that game. Right. Um, Steel pastor is Quan better than a Landon. Again, I have not watched Quan, but watching some of Roberts, I think Quan, I think Quan Alexander is a better player than Landon Roberts. I don't I don't I didn't really get the Roberts signing at the time when you had Mark Robinson and if they sign Alexander I really won't understand the Roberts signing. Not that it's killing you financially. He may play on special teams, maybe part of some, you know, run heavy packages like Robinson was, you know, against Carolina, against Baltimore last year, but I mean I think Alexander would have a role over Roberts. Yeah, look, I, I view Roberts as a, as, a, as a point A point B downhill uh blow everything up, you know, kind kind of guy. You know, uh, that that's that's his strength. Now, now Roberts can play downhill as well, too. I just view and he's a heavy hitter down downhill. And Mm -hmm. I think reads pretty good. I just view him as a little bit more finesse when he moves downhill as opposed to Roberts is more like a bull uh, in a china shop. You know, more more of that kind of that Vince Williams feel (laughs) to him uh, moving downhill. We're not so much. I don't I I, in in what little uh, that I've watched on 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 Quan there. But and I think Quan obviously gives you more overall, you know, yeah. uh, as far as you know, uh, passing situations and all like that. I know this team wanted to add some depth, and so I assume that's why Roberts came in, and there was some knowledge of him, I suppose. But you had Mark Robinson, and Roberts to me is just the same as Mark Robinson, just a bit older and a little more expensive to to have on the roster. So didn't really get that at at the time. And if they sign Alexander, I really think Roberts becomes a what do you do with this kind of guy. Because I want to see Robinson play. I think Robinson can extend uh, uh, extend this play and excel and, and make that second-year jump. Uh, still past asking about slot cornerbacks that could be cut from other teams. I have not looked at a list. I will later. I'm just going to focus on the guys right now, get the camp, kind of go from there. I have certainly concerns there. I've expressed that very clearly and strongly, but I'm not thinking too much about potential cuts because injuries and play, all those things are going to change circumstances from now until – late August. So I'll, I'll think about those things when it's the time to think about those things. And, you know, maybe that's why we haven't seen, yeah, I, I guarantee and this, the Steelers have a history of this, uh, uh, regardless of the GM, they'll, they'll, you know, this time of year, once these, uh, mini camps get over these rookie mini camps get over and we saw it today on, 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 on the waiver wire overall, uh, you get a lot of these guys that go to the rookie mini camp, uh, as tryout players, they get signed by teams, and then teams waive other players there. So, you know, maybe maybe they're waiting to see uh, all of this uh, around the league just to see if somebody does get waived or 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 or, or, or cut uh, that that kind of fits that or whatnot. And uh, I don't think it's out of the question that we could still see another slot added at some point, but. Uh, I mean, I would have to go through every roster and, you know, look, look at cap situations and see who maybe would be the most likely, uh, that kind of thing. But I, I don't think it's out of the question that this team could still potentially add a, uh, another experience slot, uh, moving forward here. And for what it's worth, I've gotten into the tape on Barku some, he's an outside guy. He's played a bit in the slot, but watching him in college, watching him a bit in, in the NFL in Jacksonville and in the XFL, he's been an outside guy. He's taller, he's a bit leaner. And so he's not going to be, I don't think, really in the mix as that slot cornerback. And how many times do we, I mean, every offseason, we, we constantly try to remind everybody, even after OTAs are over with, uh, this team has a history of, Having a, a a guy or two or three on their fifty three man roster that was not even with the team during OTAs. Yeah, there's a how many are there? There's 
Zach Banner, Ray Ray McLeod, Larry Ogunjobi, Trey Turner. Was Melvin Ingram a post OTA signing? I think he was. Uh, that sound. I'm, I'm it was trying to late. remember. I don't know how it, late I don't, it was. I don't remember how late it was, but uh, get look, point? I mean, I got a post floating around somewhere on the site. I mean, they, you know, they've got a long history or, or trading, you know, the old uh, Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they, they've got a history of trading for guys or, or, or signing guys off, you know, uh, that way. Justin says, thanks for everything you guys do. You make the offseason way more bearable. So thank you, Justin. Appreciate your being here. Jonathan asking the same question about the roster spots that are left, Alexander and Butler. Again, I, Butler, I just don't know what to make of that. You know, Alexander, it's going to be about contract. You, usually that's the sticking point there. So we'll be in tonight, and we may get that 11 p.m. tweet or that 8 a.m. tweet about Alexander, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, someone asked the question, Zachary does, does this potentially play out like Landry Dobbs back in the day, keep Rudolph as the two and cut trade Mitch to save money? I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth again and say, no, there's no chance of that happening. But my expectation is Pittsburgh's going to really value and prioritize that, that deep quarterback depth there. And they're going to have Trubisky as the two They've kept him this far. They've been adamant about that and, and Rudolph as the three. So that's my expectation right now. I mean, if you wanted to, I mean, you could easily create a scenario in your head, though, right? I mean, uh, and that's why you got to be careful with talk, talking about in, 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 in absolutes when it comes to this is, you know, what happens if they get into camp and uh, or in preseason and, and Rudolph maybe plays better and maybe, you know, and this these are huge maybes here. And maybe Tanner Morgan shows you at least a little something that you feel like you could work with that. Uh, as a number three uh, moving forward and another maybe maybe you're trying to extend Mitch and that's not working out and maybe another quarterback room across the league loses a guy and they get a, you know they, I, what what I'm trying to say here is you know I even though that I, I'm not expecting it to happen I don't think you are as well too I mean crazier things have happened right especially now when you got you know, supposedly Mason coming back to this room. I don't think it'll happen. I would, I would like to think that, that, that Mitch and Mason are both going to be on this roster, uh, 53 man roster as we sit here right now in, 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 uh, middle of May. But I mean, crazier things have happened. Sure. I'm not going to say no, there's no chance. I'm not going to say there's a 1% chance. I mean, I think it's, I think what you're laying out is plausible, at least I think more so in the sense of, you know, Rudolph looks, cause they're all going to, they know what they have in, in basically all these guys, but you know, if Rudolph looks fine and somebody goes down another, you know, city and somebody calls asking about Mitch Trubisky, I think Pittsburgh listens, but they listened to Rudolph last year and they didn't deal him. So, you know, again, I'm not going to say no and that it can't happen. I just, I'm not expecting that to happen right now. And here's the thing, too: how many teams out there are going to be where they want to trade for a uh, an, an an eight million dollar salary, too? Right, and in the middle of camp, and you know, learning an offense on the fly. I mean, I understand an injury can wreck wreck plans and make teams kind of panic, but right, yeah. I mean, the contract's going to be another issue because most teams aren't going to have eight million to to clear, you know, in late August or whatever the case is. Right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. What about Tanner Morgan? He's wearing Mason's number. That's a good point. The number, the Jersey number, not always true. So Benny Snell might return. Probably not. Um, well, look, and, 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 you know, people have brought this up and, and at this point you wouldn't think guys like Watt and Benny Snell are going to be back, but I mean, I don't think you, you can rule it out either, but, uh, you know, obviously teams, once they get into 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 the preseason there, they have so many guys on the roster and not enough numbers to go around that you generally see one guy on offense where wear a number and one guy on defense where wear, mm-hmm. wear the same number there. So, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I guess they did announce Tanner Morgan is number two, right? Right. So how much how much will Mason have to pay Tanner Morgan to change? Five dollars? Ten dollars? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, let's see. What numbers would they have open for that then? Would it be – does anybody have five right now? I'm not looking at the roster, but I don't think so. Right. I know Old Doken wore it last year for a hot minute. Um, maybe uh, maybe they talk Tanner into taking five and Mason yeah. gets two. I don't know. I don't think you have to talk him into. Tanner, you want to stay here? Change your number. Yeah. You got no leverage. You got no pull. So I think that will get sorted out. But good point there, uh, Randy. 
Brian Tolini asked the question, which Steelers games did you two last attend in person? What a good question. What was the last Steelers game you actually were physically at, Dave? Oh, wow. Uh, the Greg Lloyd? Uh, no, I've, I've seen one. I've seen an ex. I've seen a uh, that. That's the last regular season game. Okay. Uh, that that I attended. Uh, uh, the week one game in Jacksonville. Uh, the Greg Lloyd injury game. Uh, many many moons ago. I think preseason. I want to say it was the game against. Uh, I want to say it was Michael Vick's uh, rookie season uh, exhibition game in Atlanta. Okay. It was, it was either that or one in, 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 in new Orleans and, uh, a preseason game in new Orleans. How did you don't, you know how Vic looked if that was the game? Do you remember any impressions of rookie? Oh, Vic, Alex, I was, I, I was, I was using tools of okay. the devil All right. at that time. So, so no, uh, there was no analysis of <laughs> Mike. Vick's yeah, play. there was, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I can't. I mean, I've obviously gone back and kind of rewatched, you know, some of those games when I've got a chance, but I don't. I it's been too many years ago. And and for me to answer that question, I think was one of the terrible Raiders losses. Unfortunately, it's been far too many. It was not the Terrell Pryor game. It was the one where Ryan Mundy, I think, had either a pick or pi. Forget something happened with Ryan Mundy in that game. I think it was when Gradkowski was the quarterback for the Raiders. I believe that was the last game that I've I've attended. It's been a while. Uh, Zachary Trailer, will Isaac say Malu be the left guard? I think so. He's got the most experience there. He was a right guard last year in Philadelphia, but he's played twice as many snaps on the left side as right side. Daniel settled in nicely at right guard last year. You could, you know, flip him and, and, and put Daniels at left guard, but my my expectation will be say Malu at left guard. That would be mine as well. Mason versus Miles boxing match someday from David Kapoor. I guess Le'Veon Bell and... Pac-Man and through Pac-Man, Vontez Perfect, they're all going at it today on Twitter, seems to be the case. Yeah, yeah. You know what would be a great undercard of uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell versus Vontez Perfect would be Pac-Man versus Joey Porter. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Porter. Jerry, Jerry Porter. Jerry Porter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, that's... And then another undercard from, from that would be, I guess, uh, I don't know, Vince Williams versus... Uh, Oh, I don't know what Reggie Nelson. That would be a mismatch for yeah. sure. I was thinking Williams versus anybody would probably be a mismatch. But uh, I was thinking Jeffrey versus Sheets paper towel machine. See mm. who round two on that one. Um, do you think it's a bit? Do you think it's just a real beef that these guys have, or just kind of the uh, wrestling boxing? Let's create some stories to try to. No, no, I, I think I think Le'Veon was kind of honest there, at least in that little clip that we have from that. Uh, uh, what was it? Misfits boxing or whatnot uh, uh, show. And I, I think that this thing has just grown legs and, you know, people commenting on Twitter and, you know, Le'Veon's not going to back down from it. And, and I think that's that's, that's why you got the all, all the war war of words uh, right now. I tell you what, if I was Barstool or one of the I, I, I'd look into into this i'd, I'd pay i've paid 69.95 for worse fights than that you know <laughs> so uh i i have to admit i would be intrigued to see those two go at it uh for sure but uh, i don't know i don't think anything would come of it we'll keep you posted if it does though a couple of points of clarification run bayou says uh three fourth quarter touchdowns by Brucey. So yeah, that was I believe the I was at a Colts preseason game too. I don't know where that fits in the timeline, but I was at that uh, terrible Raiders game. And Albie Quirky says no one currently has number five on the roster. So Morgan might be getting that. Back to the questions here. Let me and thank you guys for being here and, and liking the stream and subscribing to the channel and, and and just hanging out with Dave and I on a Monday. Next question will come from, if I can pull it up here. Uh, seeing some comments here. Joel Cross, does Alfonso Graham do more for the Steelers than Master Teague? Would Teague get more offensive snaps? I mean, they're both obviously fighting for you know to survive and try to stick on this team in any way that they can. I think Teague fits the the mold of the Steelers running back. He's big, he's powerful. Graham's, you know, small scat back that has not caught a lot of passes in college but let's get these guys in the camp who's condi- and it's more about you know who's conditioned who can be more w- well-rounded who can you know make Danny Smith happy those are the things that are really going to matter a- as much if not more so than pure offensive ability 
Right. And we, we talked about Master Teague quite a bit on the podcast this uh, this morning here. And I mean, he's a, he's got to stay healthy and B, he's got to, he's got to really show something on, 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 on special teams this summer and all like that. Whereas a guy like uh, uh, Morgan, a uh, bit smaller, unless he's going to be a return guy, he's probably not going to be out there on special teams. Yeah. I don't know if he did much return work in college. He had three kick returns last year, but he was their starting running back. So I don't know what his history was prior to that. But uh, Mike Adesso with a comment that I was going to make here, you know, I, I enjoyed our conversation on Master Teague, but I wish some of these moves would have happened before 10 a.m. this morning because we spent a lot of time talking about nothing on the podcast. And as usual, we get off, off the pod and. All, all these signings and, and visits start to occur. Yeah, we'll have to see what this does to Wednesday. What, and, and we kind of left it open whether or not to have a show uh, on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll we'll play it by ear. Yeah, it might have a show, though. If Rudolph gets signed, they sign some other guys. I think it might be worth, uh, you know, 45 minutes an hour to talk about some of these things. Uh, Lynn says, what's Tyler Vaughn's doing these days? Just had a great, he's got an XFL championship ring, I guess is what he's doing, right? And so he had a, you, you wrote about that, Dave. He had a really good showing in that game. Yeah, he had a good show, and I think uh, uh, he had, what, something like 30-something catches on the season and all like that. I think really his final two weeks, he really, uh, uh, in, the, in the playoffs there, uh, you know, put up some pretty good numbers and all like that. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see. You know, it's always fun to kind of watch these former players and kind of track their paths, paths where they go. I always wonder why he didn't not only, you know, be on Pittsburgh's practice squad, but not be anywhere in the NFL last season. I really want to know what the story was. Did he get hurt? I mean, did something happen that we don't know about? So good to see him succeeding in the XFL, and hopefully he can get back in the NFL this summer. I'll be quirky says, what does it mean when the draftees and other rookies sign multiple year contracts, but wind up not making the team? Is it language written in the contract and does it not affect the cap? So for example, Alfonso Graham, he technically signed a three-year deal, right? And so how does right. that work cap-wise? Is there an impact on that? Can you kind of walk us through those types of contracts? Yeah, we'll have to find out first and foremost uh, what kind of signing bonus, if any, that he got. Normally, these guys that come out of uh, these rookie mini camps uh, as tryout players, if they get a signing bonus at all, it's like a thousand dollars, very small, uh, or something like that. I mean, super small. So, uh, let's say, uh, let's say it was a thousand dollar, uh, signing bonus that, that, that they gave him. And let's say they cut him at the beginning of the season after June 1st, then $333 would, uh, be dead money for, uh, two, 2023. And then the others, what would it be? $667 would be dead money in 2024. So, uh, that's how that would, that would work. I mean, the only, the only thing that's going to be guaranteed with him, if anything, and it's the same with really all the undrafted free agents mm -hmm. is, uh, is the signing bonus. And really you can, uh, uh, rubber stamp that for most of the draft class as well too. the signing bonus uh, up until let's see, even Darnell Washington, I think uh, I'm trying to remember is uh, I don't think there's going to be anything guaranteed. We'll have to wait and see in the next couple of days. I don't think there's going to be anything guaranteed. What did I write in a post on that? Uh, Alex, I'm, uh, I don't on, on the Washington signing. Yeah. On the Washington uh, signing usually that's out of range from from guaranteed money beyond the signing bonus uh, there. When, where, where does Benton? While I do that, does Benton? He's uh, in that ben, guaranteed. Uh, Benton. Uh, if you look back at kind of the slotting and and, and people drafted in that in that neighborhood there, I'm expecting the first two years of his deal to be guaranteed along with the signing bonus there. Now, what you know, what the injury language is and all like that, that's a different story. But uh, generally, I think the first two years, uh, the first two year, full years on Benton are likely to be fully guaranteed, along with obviously the signing bonus. Mm -hmm. And then a guy like Porter, it's going to be interesting because he's that 32 pick, yeah. you know, uh, overall. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that. And sometimes you have seen that these guys creep into the third year and get a portion of that third year guaranteed. He's going to get at least the first two years of his deal guaranteed. Talking about Joey Porter Jr. The question is, is uh, that that third year, how much, uh, you know, 
will that be fully guaranteed? If I, his agent's probably going to push very, very hard to have all four years <laughs> guaranteed mm-hmm. uh, because he's the 32nd overall pick, even though he's not a first round uh, guy. Uh, but, uh, and I'm willing to bet the Steelers hold hold ground and say uh that's not gonna happen i bet it comes down to conversation as to how much of that third third year of uh joey porters is guaranteed i'm willing to bet it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being the last one to get signed right because it's kind of unique the situation he's in i have the the numbers on washington i i don't know how uh, applicable this would be today given there's been a cba that's signed i don't know if there's an impact there but whenever New England forfeited their first round pick, and last time we only had thirty one in the first round. What happened with the thirty two pick in that draft? I'm, I'm curious to see if that could be. You remember a, a who precedent. The, you remember who the player was? Real no, quick? I, I, you'd have to go back. I barely remember the year. What year was that? 2018. I could be the 2019 draft. I, I'm not even sure what actual year. Maybe it's even uh, earlier than that. But I'd be curious to see what took place that year, which wasn't that long ago. It was I don't know five, right. six, seven years ago. And if that's going to have any sort of, because uh, if that guy got you know more guaranteed, then you're not going to go backwards on that. The question is, can you know Porter's agent be able to move forward and get more than what players in the past have gotten? So be watching that. And you're right. I think you know Jones will be some things and offset language, I guess, and structure and signing bonus structure and stuff like that. So there'll be a little bit of trickiness there. But Porter right. at 32 is going to be, I think, the one that may take uh, the most amount of time, but all these guys will get signed by camp. The holdouts right. are long gone, so it's not really anything that's going to affect Porter's play. Right. Uh, let's see. Randy Wagner or J.J. Watts says he's not returning to the NFL, but I'd sure like him to move to Pittsburgh and support the Steelers. He's supporting the Steelers. He said he'll, he'll be at a game and called it Heinz Field. He went full Yinzer calling it Heinz Field, but uh, the, the, the J.J. Watt rumors have been hot lately, and he basically crushed all those today. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I mean, you would just have to had to have been an extremely hopeful person to believe, you know, kind of all that in you know, certain sites are trying to been painting this yes. as he's been coming. He's coming in for a visit and, mm. uh, and, and that kind of nonsense. And obviously we stayed far away from from that. I mean, common sense alone tells you, I think that uh, something like that wasn't going to happen. And he's just not, even if he was to, to change his mind and say, I, I'm, I'm willing to play, he's not going to play for the minimum, you know, uh, he's going to make it worth his while to get back out there uh, for another year. So, uh, but you know, the whole, the whole mood depends. I mean, look, he can be a fan from Arizona, right? You know, sure, uh, there's a bunch of them out there. I'm sure. Uh, right. He could take a jet back and forth, his own jet back and forth uh, whenever he wants and, 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 and come see a game. So I don't think he necessarily needs to be, uh, you know, live in Pittsburgh, but I, you know, I, the, the way he made it sound like, you know, we'll probably see him uh, up there in the suites a couple times during the 2023 season. I'm sure we'll be writing about it at some point. The cameras will, will catch. Yeah. Whenever he's coming back from Burnley, this Pittsburgh's his in between stop between, I don't know, Houston or wherever he's living right now. And he's got a soccer thing in, in, in Pittsburgh. I'm sure the, I, I see the rumors have been crushed, but they're going to continue. I'm sure Pittsburgh especially gets on a run and is in a playoff position late in the season. I'm sure it'll continue, but Watt says he is not coming back. And I believe him. Me too. Uh, let's see. Randy says, is there anyone here who has confidence in jet sweeps in the NFL? I believe the numbers show the jet sweeps in Pittsburgh, at least, were fairly successful last season. They weren't you know, terribly inefficient. So there's some evidence, I guess, there for you, uh, Randy. Yeah, look, I mean, everybody remembers them when they don't work, just like uh, wide receiver screens, right? Right, but I think they're not – of all the things I have, I have issue with Canada – You don't want to see seven of them a game, sure. but <laughs> – they, uh, they worked okay last year. And with Calvin Austin, they may work also pretty well. Uh, Scott says, what do you think about the possibility that Keanu Neal and or Patrick Peterson play the slot a significant amount this year? It's a big mess. I don't think Neal's the answer. I think he's too tight hip. Not a great coverage guy to do that. Peterson, potentially, but you could throw out another four or five names of guys who may fit there. I wouldn't even rule out Levi Wallace, you know, DeMonte Casey, Chandon Sullivan, Omar Khan mentioned Duke Dawson. So we'll take it into camp and I'll see how it looks and kind of go from there. But I think it's a big, one big jumbled up mess, and not I don't know if Pittsburgh quite knows how it's going to look, and that's a, a concern of mine. 
Uh, let's see. Infinity says 80 more days till the NFL is on the TV, the Hall of Fame game. It's uh, Cleveland this year. I don't know who Cleveland's playing. Dallas, maybe. But uh, I know the Browns are going to be in the Hall of Fame game this year. And I think it's 112 days until the Steelers week one game. I think I looked that up out of boredom first thing <laughs> this morning here. You didn't not much more time to be bored today after that. Yeah. September 10th is that uh, that first game. You see the uh, NFL's putting that playoff game on Peacock. It's exclusively only on Peacock. No. You hear about that? Yeah, they're going to have a wild card game that's exclusively only on Peacock. Well, you can only watch it online, which is, I think, silly. I think it's pretty ridiculous to do that. But that is the, the direction the NFL is going with you know, streaming and online watching. Uh, let's see. Sean Mays asking about Ruben Foster, who's with the Maulers right now. He's played well. I think he's had some injuries, too. And obviously, the off-the-field stuff would kind of lead me to believe Pittsburgh's not going to show a lot of interest there, but... He's playing well enough where he probably can try to get back in the NFL somewhere. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he lands with a team. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be Pittsburgh, especially if Quan Alexander gets signed. At that point, your room's looking pretty full. Uh, I'll be quirky. Do you think the heavier emphasis on run game and with high-profile O-line, they'll go with four running backs and one fullback and only five wide receivers, or do you see what they believe is best for special teams. There's a lot of ways you can configure this thing. I think it'll be, you know, four of tight end, fullbacks, three running backs, and, you know, receivers dependent on who plays well, who's healthy, who can help out on special teams. So, you know, we can try to create these benchmarks right now, but I think it's just going to come down to the best people and based on what happens this summer. And as I always like to say, these things have a funny way of working themselves out with injuries or whatever. So, you know, we can sit here and, and map out, uh, you know, ideally. And I think Alex kind of hit hit on what you would deem would probably be uh, the, the numbers when it comes to those position groups. But, you know, what if you have somebody that's not ready for week one or. Or, or and 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 not serious enough to go on, you know, and you know, what are you going to need for special teams? So, you know, it's impossible because so many different things. We've seen it in the past. You know, we we've tried to say, I'll I'll tell you what, I guarantee it's going to be this, that, and the other, and then something happens during the off season, and you get to week one, and you have offset numbers somewhere. Especially on the initial, like the very initial post-cut down roster because you're usually you got an injured guy you're, you're carrying it to, to designate him to at least so he's eligible to return that happened with Calvin Austin last year so after the first initial cut down Pittsburgh had seven wide receivers on the roster because Austin was that seventh guy until they could right. put him on injured reserve so those things always kind of screw up the initial numbers and trying to predict in terms of how many they'll keep we have kind of general guidelines but it's hard to say for sure got a generous five dollar super chat from Larvel who says with all, with all the turnover, why do you think the Steelers didn't prioritize inside linebacker? The Shazier times were good. I mean, I think there was a, a focus on that considering all the turnover. So I don't want to say they didn't prioritize, did not want to try to make some moves there. But yeah, it, it's a fair critique. I mean, I've, I think Pittsburgh assigned 100,000 free agent off-ball linebackers in the last six, seven years. Most of them have been bad. So why not go draft and try to invest there? I will say, though, yeah, the Shazier times were, times were good, but... Good luck finding the next Ryan Shazier. Those guys are hard to hard to acquire. Yeah, absolutely. And look, oh, you know, we we said earlier in the pre-draft process, man, it looks like this team's got so many holes and not enough draft picks and, and all. And you know, they did obviously go right out there in free agency right away and signed a couple of uh, inside linebackers. And you know, obviously, they did not. Uh, uh, you know, depends on what you consider her big, you know, uh, that's, uh, mm -hmm. that, we got to see how, how, you know, how that all plays out, uh, long run here. And, you know, they did add that, uh, who's that, uh, Jets, uh, uh, kid late last season, uh, Jonathan Marshall. No, the, the, uh, the linebacker. Oh, take take Crowder, the Giants. Uh, yeah, take, Giants. yeah, uh, Giants. Uh, take take Crowder. You know they they added him, and obviously you know, Mark Robinson's still on the roster. And Muse. You know, mm -hmm. don't forget they've they've added Muse, and we'll obviously see what happens uh, here with Quan Alexander in the next 24, 48 hours. There, so uh, you know they they obviously did not prior prior they they made the the position more of a priority in free agency, and you know I. It, I don't think they ignored it. It's probably just not where everybody wants it to be or thinks it should be. Yeah, the question is, did they make the right investments, the enough investments? And, and we'll see, but certainly there was a, a, an effort to totally remake that room, and they have. 
Uh, Micah Desso, you've both said we can't properly know what Kenny is until year two. Do you think the bye week we should know? If he's not showing improvements, is that too early to cut bait and move on? I mean, obviously not going to cut bait, you know, week seven when they come out of the bye. But I think by that time we'll have a feel for did he make the jump in year number two? And I don't like to, you know, necessarily conclude things because quarterback arcs, they rise, they fall for a lot of players. But I think having the first five games is enough of a gauge based off of that, based off of camp and preseason, and of course the regular season action to really feel, okay, is this guy making that leap that we hope and really kind of need Kenny Pickett to make in your number two? Yeah, look, I, I use that as a, a kind of a benchmark to, to what I feel I would have a, you know, as a decent feel on a guy I've seen in enough play. Uh, but even so, I'm not saying you get to that point and, you, and, and we make hard determinations that, Unless it's just, I mean, you know, unless it's just god awful, or uh, or really good, or, or really really good, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I don't think you sit there and say, okay, here here's the bye week. Uh, do you guys think they should uh, draft a quarterback next year? <laughs> you know, th- th- that kind of thing. Uh, but I, it'll obviously we'll have a lot more information that you know that we had, and obviously the full off season and 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 everything. I mean, we should see noticeable jumps in his play and what those look like and to what degree we'll be able to talk about come. You can make for sure when we get into that bye week we're going to, and assuming he stays healthy, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of thoughts on where he's at. Yeah. In terms of, you know, do you, do you cut him, do you, or do you move on? Do you look for somebody else? You don't have to have those conversations in season because even if your answer at that time is yes, we should, you can't do anything about it. So wait for the whole season to play out. See if there is progression, something that surprises you. And then once the season ends, you can evaluate the entire season in its totality and then decide what is the future of the of the position for your franchise. So again, I think you can start thinking about those things and start believing things by the by, but nothing really matters until the season is over and all the tape is out there and you can really sit back and evaluate things start to finish. Uh, let's see. How about a meet and greet at Latrobe? I mean, I'll be there at camp, so you know people often come up and say hello before practice. I'm easy to spot. I'm the small, you know, childlike figure with the binoculars and the and the notebook, so I'm pretty easy to see. So uh, I don't know about an official meet and greet, but I'll be there every single day at training camp. Uh, let's see what else we have here in the last ten minutes. So be sure to get your questions in for Dave and I. Randy says there's a lot of talk about Calvin Austin the third. How's his health? Ready to go? We all love speed. Omar Khan said he looked good. He was healthy. I imagine he'll be ready for OTAs when they start here in just over ten days and uh, or just less than ten days. And so I assume Austin is is good to go. Yeah, and and you know I think that'll be uh, you know next week uh, will be interesting to see some of the reports and the video come out and. Uh, see him going hopefully full speed and all like that. And, you know, Alex and I talked this morning on the podcast. It's a shame that guys that, you know, especially rookies that have to spend, you know, that, that don't play that end up on IR and all like that, that they're not eligible to take care, take, take part in the uh, rookie mini camp. You know, this team only had five, what they deem first year players uh, eligible to uh, on the roster to take part in that, that mandatory mini camp. So I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, people say, well, it's only, it's only a week, but you know, a, a young kid like that, that didn't play. You want to get him as, as much work a, a, as you possibly can, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge big deal, but I mean, that would be three more practices, you know, that he would have, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, that you can bet that'll be one of the things that we'll be watching closely next week is, you know, the reports and the, and the video to, to at least make sure he's, he's, he's back healthy and, you know, good, good to go throughout the, the entire OTAs and mandatory minicamp. If you've never played in an NFL game, you should be eligible for rookie minicamp. That's my belief. I remember... LeVon Hook's gotten like five rookie minicamps in his career, and Calvin Austin can't get in the second after losing his entire rookie season. I think it's a pretty dumb system that that the NFL has created. Uh, Ross Swisher asks, uh, Loudermilk or Adams getting cut? Yeah, I think both guys are in danger. I don't know who's in more danger, but Pittsburgh drafted three nose tackle, or brought in three nose tackle capable guys in Benton and Pahoko and Watts and they had, you know, Benton can play up and down the line, and you got Marshall in that mix, and, you know, Loudermoke did not play well last year. He's offers nothing as a pass rusher. His run defense has been uh, below standard, and so, yeah, I think both of those guys are in danger of not making this team. I would agree. 
Who do you think are the starting three quarterbacks week one? That's from Eddie Spaghetti. That's a good question. Wallace, Peterson, outside. What it looks like in sub package, again, is kind of a big mess. You would expect Porter to, to find a way to work his way onto the field. I don't know who's shifting. I don't know what they're doing. But, Dave, you have any other thoughts there? Yeah, just, I mean, kind of what you speculated here. And, you know, there's been a lot of that kind of inferred that they're going to move Peterson around. What does that look like? Can Porter win uh, the job outright uh, in, in, in in training camp? And it just uh, – I, I, I don't know. That's the best way I can answer that right now, you know. Uh, if I had to guess right now, uh, I, I think it'd be along the lines of what you said, Wallace and, 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 and Peterson probably on the outside uh, with Porter breathing down his neck to get on the field, potentially. I mean, could, could, could Porter win the job? Absolutely. He could, you know, yeah. but then the, you know, I think the biggest question is, is what's, what's going to happen in sub package. Right. I had tweeted last week and I still kind of go back and second guess myself, but I said, Peterson slot Porter Wallace outside that's my guess of it now in terms of passing downs. I think rundowns, you actually may see DeMonte Casey get some work there. He does have a slot background. He's physical, kind of that Mike Hilton type build and player, but I really just don't have a clue, right? It, it, it may be somebody not on this team right now, as we talked about earlier, that comes in late trade, late cut, who becomes your slot corner for week one. Uh, I'll be quirky. Yeah, no fifth-year option on Porter because he was a second-round pick, even though he's 32nd overall. No fifth-year option on him. Uh, I had a question here, another contract question I wanted to throw to you, Dave. Uh, Jim Kelly, why sign Why sign undrafted players in the rookie camps to three-year deals? Can you explain that, Dave? Uh, be, well, it's because that I think, I think, I think that's the, the structure. Yeah, yeah right. I think that's the structure with them because all draft picks have to be now. They're, those are four-year deals. Right, and, and all then, UDFAs um, are all three-year deals. Right, right. right. I, I, I just think that's... I would have to look up the exact language of that, but uh, I believe that's the rule uh, in in the CBA somehow, the way were, it's written. Were they were that before, before the rookie slotting deal kind of oh. got put in place for UDFAs all three years, or was there kind of more flexibility? Because There was more flexibility because the Steelers used to sign some of their later round guys to only three-year deals. Okay. Uh, even though other teams would would do four year deals, was there a uh, max for them. draft picks? Because like the first overall picks were getting obviously crazy money, and those were right. Five, were they like five year deals or six year deals? It, se- it seemed like they five? were five, mostly five and all like that. But okay. you know, obviously, all that language. Uh, uh, the last couple of C- CBAs have gone out, out the door. In fact, I was it. Uh, because uh, I know Antonio Brown. I remember his rookie contract was initially a three year deal. And obviously he was a draft pick. So right around in there, what the CBA came out, what, 2011? Right. right there was that lockout. Yeah. So right. he was the last year before the new CBA right. got put in place. Right. I just think that's, that's, that's what the, uh, the uh, uh, CBA calls for now when it comes to rookie undrafted players. Right. And that's why Alfonso Graham, for example, is a three-year deal that's right. required. So I saw some headlines today. Graham signs three-year deal. Yeah, he does, but it doesn't. So so is everybody else in that position, every other tryout guy that's getting signed. So it's really no difference there. Um, Run Bayou, who's that special offensive assistant they hired? That's Glenn Thomas, who's from Arizona State. And so that's, I don't know exactly his role, but that is the name, Glenn Thomas. Uh, Albie Corky says it was Emmanuel Ogba drafted 32nd by the Browns in 2016. So that was the post-Spygate draft with the penalty. So you could find out at some point what Ogba signed in terms of his contract that may at least provide some sense of what Porter might be looking at for his 32nd overall second round contract. So thank uh, you there. When, when was that? He says 2016. And he's um, had a he he's had another contract since then, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's played for a while. He kind of bounced around, I think, a bit. But if you can find that rookie deal of what he signed as a Brown, he had uh, what? Let's see, with the Browns, it looks like uh, three point four five seven in guarantees, and so it's it it's it feels like maybe the first two years with him. Uh, was effectively guaranteed. I'm showing a four-year total. I think that he signed of six point six oh nine million. 
I want to say it was just the first two years. I, I would have to go back to the Wayback Machine here to, while you talk here real quick. Okay, yeah, and again, that may not necessarily guarantee what Porter gets. It's been you know, quite some time there, I guess, there since that situation occurred. New CBA's been signed too, but just to maybe try to, to lay some of that groundwork. Uh, Mike Adesso is clarifying about that picket comment. Uh, didn't mean to actually cut him, just bench him. Yeah, I, I kind of figured you didn't mean you know cut him outright, but in terms of moving on, turning the page, benching him, it, it would have to be, I think, really bad for Kenny Pickett the first five weeks for this team to bench him coming out of the bye. So I think it may be, but it would have to be so obvious, so disastrous. You should just sit there and say, this guy has to hit the reset button and it's not working well. So unless it's that bad, I think you let Pickett play out this season as much as possible. Kind of any, any new info on the, uh, uh video? Look well, here. You're looking there. John Pennington says, guys, I'm still concerned about the backup center position. And why can't this team put some serious thought about the position? Yeah, it's not. It's a little unclear, but I mean, Hassenauer was their backup last year. Not a not a tremendously, you know, great backup option. But there's some guys there. You got Anderson, the draft pick, and Ryan McCollum, and I mean, Herbig has snapped in emergency moments before. So yeah, I mean, it's it's something where there's some weakness there. But I'm not I'm not terrified by how it looks today. I think McCollum's a guy that might actually make a run at this roster spot uh, sometime in August. All right, looks like uh, with Ogba back in, then let's see, uh, 2016 his base salary was guaranteed, 2017 his base salary was guaranteed, uh, his entire signing bonus of 3.007 was obviously guaranteed, and it looks like 659,740 of his 1.50876 million dollar salary in 2018 was guaranteed so a little more than ha- so he, uh a little more than two and a half years uh was uh was was guaranteed of his four-year contract back then okay so that that's so Porter's going to get at least that if not more that whole whole 30 year fully guaranteed then He's going to get at least the first two years, and he's going to he's going to dip into that third year some of that guarantee right. as well too. Uh, but once again, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if his agent tries to go for the four full years to at least to talk to start with. He's not going to get it, mm-hmm. uh, but that'll be a starting point, and then the talk will be how much of that third year can 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 he get guaranteed. My my guess, and I'm just guessing here, I think he gets the full third year guaranteed because A, for Pittsburgh, how often will they ever be in this situation again, you know, where they're picking 32nd overall in the second round? I mean, it's not like a precedent that's going to really come back and bite you. You again. never know, though. I mean, you? You never, I mean, you never know, but even if you are in that situation, I mean, it's not, it's not a crazy thing, not a crazy risk to take. It's not opening up some crazy Pandora's box. I mean... He's going to get at least for the first or two and a half. He's going to get what Ogba got in 2016, right? I mean, that, that, you can write that in pen today, I would have to think. Yeah, I, I'll say this. I'm willing to bet he does not get all uh, all three. I'm willing to bet he doesn't get the first three years fully guarantees. It'll be like two and three quarters or something like that. All right, I'll take that bet. We'll re- revisit that right. one whenever that. Now, now <laughs> anxiously awaiting this contract to be signed all just, right. to, just to see. So you uh, think he gets the first three fully guaranteed, and I'm going to say he doesn't. All right. You think something between a half and, and the full, like the three right. quarters that you mentioned there. All right. Fair enough. Uh, run by you. How do guys end up as exclusive rights for agents that's built into the contract that's signing? That's a, that's a good explainer. How, do, how does that work, Dave? Well, it all, 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 it's all based on, on credited uh, and it, well, accrued seasons goes against free agency, I think. Credited goes towards your pay amount. So uh, if you have a guy that's, uh, let's say, signed, you know, let's say an undrafted free agent and he, he gets cut initially and then get during once the season starts maybe you have to sign him to the roster those are usually two-year deals and let's say he stays on the roster for those two years starting with his rookie season technically once he hits your squad because the other contracts have been uh uh terminated Mm -hmm. uh you're talking about having a two-year guy there and let's say he stays on your roster for those two years uh then he would become an exclusive rights free agent so basically, it's a guy that kind of bounces on and off a roster early right. in his career. That typically is how you end up on that path. 
Right. Okay. It, th those those usually end up being like draft picks that don't make it or uh, uh, undrafted guys that don't make it that that wind up maybe in a rookie season or or whenever. You yeah, know, like Robert Spillane, who gets put on the practice squad right. on and off that whole path. Right. Right. That finally gets a contract in season and it's a two year deal and they play it out. Gotcha. Do you want to mention here? I just saw this piece of news come along my phone here before we wrap things up. Uh, your guy has signed a contract, Dave. I don't know if you know who your guy is. It's XFL oh, offensive about tackle. Jared Jones Smith. <laughs> I should I should have known that you would know. He is signed with the Washington Commanders, though. So not Pittsburgh. It was a good guess, but he is going to be in a camp this year. He's going to Washington. Yeah, he had a good season from from the little that I saw with the uh, Battle Hawks. I, I I thought maybe he'd be a guy uh, because of the measurables, because of being in you know need need for a tackle and all like you know uh, another body there. Uh, I thought maybe he'd be a guy that they would potentially look at. And obviously, know a lot about him from his time at at Pitt and all like that. Right. And then Bayou's asking about Villanueva being an exclusive rights guy at one point in his career. That was because he was signed to the practice squad and then elevated in that whole song and right. dance right okay right yeah that was when they signed him to that long-term deal right or was that after his uh exclusive right season was that but when he's going to become a restricted what, what right he actually agent? a restricted, restricted that year so it was the year wow. after yeah that would make the most amount of sense and they kind of had that leverage to get him that pretty cheap right. left tackle you know four year 24 million right. whatever it was there yeah uh let's see eddie spaghetti our last probably comment here is Devin Bush's career is very similar to Kendrell Bell. I, I would disagree. I think Bell's high was a lot higher uh -huh. than what a Devin Bush higher. was at his best. I, mean, I think I thought Bush was at his best the first, what, five games of his sophomore season before tearing his ACL. I kind of started to see it come together for him, but not to Bell's level, and it ended obviously pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that ankle injury with Kendrell Bell, it, it, it's one of those what – what ifs, you know, what if, what if Kendrell Bell, Kendrell Bell would have never sustained that ankle injury? Yeah, because he was rookie of the year, right? Or mm -hmm. a real, real strong candidate. So Bush never got to, to that level. Uh, Mike's asking, did we ever announce the winners of the mock draft contest? We did. That was, I don't it's know, a week or site. so ago. Yeah, just search uh, mock draft contest and we do have the winners on there. So we're going to wrap things up. Appreciate you guys being here. Good crowd on hand tonight. Busy day at Steelers Depot. Might be a busy couple of days as well with Alexander and you know, other signings that, that may occur. We expect that roster to get to 90 here pretty quickly. So thank you guys for being here. And Dave, as always, thank you for being here. And thank you for leading this thing along and taking the questions. And thank you for everybody for showing up once again. Hopefully, you know, I, I think it's going to be a busy day on the transaction wire. So, uh, uh, you know, make sure you keep reading the site and pre appreciate you showing up and peace and love everybody. Yeah. Happy, ha happy Mason Monday. Happy Mason Monday. And Dan just got here in time, Dan Hedrick. So thank you, Dan. You can see an archive version of this. If you did uh, just get in here at this eight o'clock hour up on the site here in just a little bit, but want to thank you guys for being here. Be sure to stick around to the channel. Subscribe to the channel. Got some more video content coming out for you guys. And thank you for watching, and we'll talk to you soon. Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital.